This is Soccer City, New York City soccer coming to life through the first team of the New York City Football Club to the soccer in the streets, the neighborhoods. We call it soccer on the block. And with such an assortment of nationalities populating the five boroughs, we want to take in the global game. It's a show about soccer and the massive impact it has on the city of New York. When New York City FC meets Real Salt Lake on Wednesday, Chris Winger will join me on WNYE for the live broadcast. It's appropriate as he played for both clubs. Chris will join me later to share his experience on both sides. Ray Hudson, the very colorful commentator from Being Sports, he'll be along to impart his passion for the beautiful game. Ray, he's beyond passionate. You won't want to miss our chat. We open today's program with Soccer on the Block. Using the power of soccer to tackle social issues affecting local communities in New York City, well, this is the thrust of the Young Leader Training, which took place at PS83 in East Harlem last week. Forty young leaders from the city and the community took part in a week-long training program with the goal to become impactful leaders in their own communities. Mark Caldwell was visiting for the week from Manchester where he runs the city and the community programs there. I think the, the one thing that I found absolutely amazing and, and uh, really warming this week has been the young leaders themselves that are their willingness, their want to learn, to do things. Look right now, you know, there's, there's 40 of them in the room and they've been here all week, absolutely committed. And this is them showcasing their work. I think that's phenomenal. And the culminating event for the youth leaders, a soccer festival with an eye on promoting a healthy lifestyle. 40 children came in for the festival and they received a resounding ovation from the young leaders who were training when they entered PS83. And one of the kids was an eight-year-old named Tyler Adrian Hay from Brooklyn. I discovered that Tyler had little difficulty communicating his message to me, like what the game of soccer has has meant to him. Soccer like inspires me because in every other sport in every other sport you don't have to like do a technique that is really hard. Like if you play basketball you just have to bounce the ball. If you play baseball you have to use the bat and hit you have to use the bat and hit it. And you play and if you play tennis you need a tennis racket to hit the ball. And but soccer is a very unique sport. What are the uh, skills and techniques that you, you find challenging in soccer? Techniques that, that I find challenging is when you have to like dribble the person then take one shot on the goal. What is your favorite move? Do you have a, a, a move that you like? If you're faced up on the defender, it's one versus one. How do you get behind him? I do a marathon now. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good move. And you can do that at the speed of the game? Yes. There's nothing better than talking to the kids. That's uh, Tyler, part of an impressive group of young people that Mark Cahill observed before heading back to Manchester. Kids by nature, I think, are, are very resilient. If this group of 40 young people and then these 40 little kids who've, who've come in today are anything to go by, I think New York's in very good hands. Part of the Good Hands group are a pair of Youth Leader Council members who went through that same youth leader training in the past. Yasmin Sanchez and Kwame King, who told me about a council initiative that they call Soccer Block. Um, Soccer Block is uh, free programming for kids in um, New York City, and we're trying to promote uh, health and soccer. And so we're just having kids come out and out the new pitches that's out in the in the parks and 
playing there and and having the kids just having fun with soccer. Well, there's we know there's a fifty pitch mini pitch initiative. Yes, uh, which is uh, being spearheaded by the city, the mayor's yes. office, New York City FC. Yeah. Ten of those pitches have been uh, built. Have you experienced any of the uh, things going on in those ten areas, Yasmin? I live in Queens, and so I'm by Astoria Park. So whenever I build the interest to play soccer, or whenever I find the time. I go to Astoria Park, and it's by a school where, just like me when I was a kid, people from elementary or people from middle school, because there's schools there, they get to go to the park right after school, and they can play. And I've seen that happen before, and I've actually met some of the kids, and so it was really nice seeing how beneficial it was for the kids that was there, as well as me, because I live near it, and I can always take my sisters and my brother. So you're still kicking it around. <laughs> yeah. That's great. This Youth Leadership Council that you're both uh, involved with, uh, you're in charge of design, designing an entire summer program. So, Kwame, what what is this project? So the project is basically um, we actually split our divisions up in three parts. So it's finance team, a committee t- a team for the curriculum, and then we have our social media team, which uh, myself and Yasmin are a part of. <laughs> Basically, we're trying to come up. It's five week program, um, and so we are having each week have a specific um, target. So a one week might be um, disability, and so the kids might learn how to dribble with one ball on their foot because sometimes people don't have you know feet the or ability to ability use, to use their to use both, both their feet yeah, yeah right sure. or hands or stuff like that. So it will be targeting like that. So kids will be learning social impact through the soccer block and so they will be learning soccer but it will be they will be learning life lessons also all right yasmin so you're uh part of the social media department of this program so what does that what does that mean what does that entail so as we're building up our program and we're working on it we express our stories through instagram or through facebook and sharing our stories and taking pictures and inviting everybody else and all the parents and all the, the kids, whoever is interested, um, to come follow. Can I say the Instagram? Yeah, say it. Say, <laughs> it, say the Instagram. So you can follow oh, yes, us. Of at, course. You can yeah. follow us on Instagram at um, citc underscore yLC. When the program finally comes up during the summer, we'll express their stories and the kids' stories as well, um, and show show probably every week and um, also links to like applications maybe or why this might be beneficial for your kids during the summer or the parents can be updated about you know the programs that we have and what's available to the kids and for their kids so that's what we're trying to do it's hard for us to get our word out there in terms of like newspaper or people watching the news you know everybody's so interested in social media nowadays so i think that really helps us um put a platform out there for the kids uh, again, as well as the parents. I really like the idea of the youth, it, it being youth-led, because us coming from different communities, you know, as Kwame mentioned, from Manhattan, from the Bronx, from Queens, the youth also recognizes the issues that there are in the different communities that they live in. By creating a program like this, it really sets up this idea that we can do, we can actually change our communities and we can do something about it. And by sharing that, with other people and other little kids, they can be inspired to do the same thing when they grow up and, you know, they'll have that passion or they'll have that idea like, hey, maybe I want to do this in the future. Well, to close this, I want to ask you a question, which might be difficult, but yeah. uh, you can think about it like for a second. 
your answer. Uh, but what? But what? Your your involvement as a leader. What uh, have you seen? What what has had the greatest impact on you personally? If it's a story, or if it's something that you've uh, just seen from a distance, or you see a smile. Working with the kids specifically, um, kids in Bed Stuy, and so um, the kids that I worked in with in Bed Stuy. Um, they didn't know anything about soccer for the last two, three years. And now that's everything they talk about is soccer. Like, who's the best? They ask me a question. Who's the best, Messi or Ronaldo? And I'm like, I don't, you can't compare them. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Honestly, just seeing them understand the game, loving the game. And I just feel like I am a part of of that. But I'm sorry. No, I'm you get emotional. Get emotional. But about you it. put yourself yeah. in, in their shoes a bit because you didn't discover the game until you were so 17. 17 as exactly. Well, right? And it, it was just a, a beautiful thing that two kids actually got into um, Dusk. It's just a, a amazing, amazing thing to feel just to see them, the kids smile. Thanks so much to Kwame King and Yasmin Sanchez. My next guest. He's a former professional footballer in England and also in the States. He was an MLS coach for the Miami Fusion and D.C. United for a time. He's most noted, though, for his commentating. Uh, The expanded number of games on television these days. He was first with Gold TV. That's what I remember. And now being sports, he's co-host of The Locker Room, Phil Shane's sidekick on the live games. We think of him with La Liga in particular. And he's also a host of the popular football show on Sirius XM FC each morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. I've got the magisterial Ray Hudson with us. Ray, good morning. How are you? Good, Glenn. Everything's good. Good good heart, good spirit. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to a, another cracking week of uh, top-class football. Yeah, it just, it just never seems to stop. I don't know about <laughs> yourself, but in this sport of soccer in the States, you, you, think, you think it might slow down on a particular yeah. day, international breaks. But there's always something to talk about, it seems. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, the United States and uh, Canada as well, I mean, always not criticized, but, you know, looked at as coming to the dance very late. But actually, the the Yanks have timed it to absolute perfection because football's never been so brilliant. It's never been so uh, beautifully profiled. It's never been uh, so magnificently presented. Uh, The skill levels have never been as high. The energy and the the commitment has never been so wonderful. Uh, The rewards have never been so great. Uh, You know, what's next? Smell-o-vision? You know, bring it on. We're all ready. You know, it's it's an amazing time for all of us and for all of us that grew up with the game in the in the in for for me I'm 63 now um, uh, the, the the progress of the game especially in this country has been uh, staggering um, you know I was fortunate to come to this country in 1977 and to see where we are now, Glenn, um, not just in the domestic league and the national teams of the men and women, uh, but the overall sphere of football in the United States of America is bloody marvelous. I mean, there's no other country that gets more football presented through their television than the United than the United States. You played at Newcastle, and yeah. uh, you uh, you have a well-known affection uh, for the Magpies, and yeah. it does appear to be promising that they're going to remain in the Premiership, Ray. 
Nah, nah, we'll crap our pants before long. We'll go down, you know. It's just a matter of time. We're the Shakespeare's of, of English football. It's always tragedy at the end. You know, there's always the promise of getting out, but they get you and they bring you down. And we're used to it. We'll love it. There may be a great escape there uh, with, uh, with Senor Benitez. Uh, and like you say, we're looking as if we're just above the greasy rope Two more defeats and we'll be right back on the sticky end of the stick. So, um, we, we, yeah, we, that's our people. That's our club. We're, we're cool with it. Everything's good. You know, we're, we're fine. But it's, it's always great to enjoy a game at St. James's Park, one of the great cities in, in, in Europe and great, uh, the most wonderful people in all of the world for me. And um, it, it's a joy and a pleasure uh, to go back and, um, you know, smell the atmosphere at St. James's every chance I get. Well, well you do have the Spaniard, Rafa Benitez, running the show there. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, you do so many La Liga games, you see a lot of Spanish football. Uh, do you like uh, that brand of soccer the best? When you get excited, it's yeah. it's almost exclusive to the cleverness, the creative yeah. play, the combinations, the beautiful game. Uh, do you see it as different than the rest of the world? I do. It's not just in Spanish football, it's Latin football. Um, the, the Copa Libertadores, for me, is the greatest competition in the world. People think I'm crazy. That's okay. I'll be with those people at the end of that bar watching uh, Libertadores. It's the sawdust on the, foot, on the, on the floor football uh, with the most passionate fans and its authentic passion um, of, of the, the people in the stands. And the Latino football has always been something. I was always criticized when I was in my playing days for being too South American, uh, which was the biggest compliment I ever received. Um, and I went on to play with some of the greatest South American footballers of all time, uh, Elias Figueroa, Teofio Cobillas, Eduardo Bonvalier, um, on and on. And, and, and uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was so privileged to be associated with that brand of touch football, that vision and, and touch. Um, that's what's always turned me on the artistry of the game. Not as much the It's not the, 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 the victory of, of games either, Glenn. It's not, you know, what really matters is the being champions of the world or being champions of Europe. It, it, it's the joy that their football brings. It's the beauty. I see more of it through the Latin players in the Latin touch, in the Latin football than I do with any other um, uh, type of football from other parts of, of the world. Well, I would say on BN, I could be wrong, but uh, a majority of your explosions, as you describe them, have been reserved for Messi and Ronaldo, and yeah. uh, both playing in the, in the league that you cover uh, quite extensively. And so I would ask you, Messi or Ronaldo, and why? Uh, the, greatest, the greatest goal scorer of our time, I believe, will be uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. The greatest penalty box predator of our footballing history will be Cristiano Ronaldo. The greatest footballer of our time will be Lionel Messi. Uh, the great imaginative footballer will be Lionel Messi. There's two sons in our universe, Glenn. Um, every time we wake up in our football life, there's two sons up there, not one. And um, we should all just be blessed to accept and appreciate them for the differences between them as well as how much they are alike. Ray Hudson, our guest from Being Sports at the Football Show on Sirius XMFC. Uh, Ray- 
Ray, it's been a tough week for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. However, they're going to be winning the Premiership, uh, barring something completely unforeseen. They're going to win moonwalking backwards, Glenn. Come on, (laughs) let's be honest. Well, Pep's got Man City playing in a way that many skeptics figured could not work in the EPL. And there were a lot of skeptics. Yes. How did he do it? Well, it didn't take him too long, did it? But that first year, there was a lot of skeptics and long knives. It's easy to forget that now, but we all remember, you should all remember, of how um, the, um, the, the skeptics were there, the cynics were there, saying he's not going to be able to do it. This is different. We're different. Our football's different. And, you know, there was some, there was some real concern. It took him this season for him to bring the, the lasso around, or his lasso around, this Manchester City team and uh, really make the make the imprint that I always knew that he would. It was a matter of time. Uh, let's not, uh, you know, he's not done it with Newcastle. He's not done it with, uh, you know, uh, Middlesbrough or the lesser lights of football. He's been in this Aladdin's cave. He always has. Uh, but the construction of a football team is, as we are seeing with all the other clubs, it's not just about throwing money at them. Anybody can do that. To, to bring the, the magic of the football together in the construction of a team is something that is exceptional. And Guardiola has done it in his own beautiful way. As a footballer, you have to be able to go out and express yourself. And it's not always playing within that structure. Sometimes, and especially with Guardiola, it's less about structure and more about letting go. But it, it, it's, it's in selective periods and patterns of play in, within a game and within a season. Um, they aren't perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect football team. But with Guardiola, I think he allows his players to truly develop and express themselves. You see it. The, the proof's in the pudding. He's taken on players that he has enhanced and he has embellished and he has improved. And you don't do that by X's and O's. There's a little touch of Harry in the night, as Shakespeare said, in Henry V. That's what gets to a player and, and catapults him above the X's and O's and the tactics and the structure. And, and I think that's what Guardiola does more than anybody. He does it with the opposing teams, Glenn. He, how many times have you seen him run on the field and just put the, the, the players uh, and saying, you're better than that. You are better than that. You're, you're a tremendous player. We've seen it, how, how excited he gets about opposition. And, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, for me, he's, he, he, is, he was the greatest and forever will be. Um, he spoiled football for me. That's the only thing I hate about Guardiola. He bloody spoiled it, Glenn, with his Barcelona team at the zenith of their football where <laughs> they bestrode the world like a colossus. And that football will never, ever be touched or, or approached. Um. <laughs> well, you can tell why he's so popular on the air, the colorful Ray Hudson, our guest here on Soccer City. Ray, it's been a pleasure. Look forward to listening to you down the line. Thanks so much. Anytime, Glenn. Do a great job, and I'm a big fan of yours as well, pal. Thank you, Glenn. At the completion of Week 6 in Major League Soccer, New York City FC, just one of two unbeaten teams. The other, FC Dallas, although their three draws in four matches leaves them seventh in the Western Conference. While New York City, they've got four wins and a tie in their five matches. 
So they're in supporter shield position with the most points in the league. A player who has been prominent in the early season success for New York City is goalkeeper Sean Johnson. An enormous figure, nine saves, cutting off dangerous crosses throughout in the 2-1 to win at San Jose. Johnson named to the MLS Team of the Week, and I spoke to him at the training ground last week. He's a nine-year MLS veteran who said he feels more secure in year two with New York City. Yeah, I think it's been good. I've, I've settled in, obviously, being my second year here, a little bit more comfortable than I was last year, which is which is what you want, you know. Um, the transition was good for me coming to the club, and I think this year we've added a lot of good pieces, which uh, then it was my responsibility to really help everybody get on the same page. Is it safe to say there are certain games, though, where you just feel like that ball's never getting past me? I just where you just you just see it better, or maybe you react to it better. The name of the game is basically that every game presents different challenges. I mean, some games are uh, you'll, you'll be more active than other games. Some games you have to deal with more crosses, and you don't really get recognition for your crosses. But some games that's that's a big a big deciding factor that could be bigger than saves to help your team out. And and some of the decisions are tactical. Do I come out and catch? Do I punch? Yeah, it's just decisions that are, you make a, you know, probably a hundred plus decisions a game. Um, maybe, maybe a thousand decisions, you never know how small they are, but they all, they all, they all make a difference. So um, just really not trying to think too much about it once you're in a game. You just try to get on the field and really just play. Just let, let your, uh, your, your training and experience take over. So game experience, training experience. So is it repetition that allows you to really come up with those decisions and then technically be able to uh, to execute that? Yeah, I think repetitions. I think mindset as well. Um, you have to mentally be strong, and it's not about the last action. It's about the next action. Once once one action's done, it's done. You move on, um, good or bad. Uh, you've got to carry on. There's a game to be played. Um, so um, over the course of 90 minutes, it's all about really staying present in the game and, and not you know getting too far ahead of yourself. Just really staying in the moment, and you don't want to dwell on anything. Uh, if you if you make a save, if you punch a ball you should have caught, um, all those decisions can be discussed afterwards. New York City FC goalkeeper Sean Johnson. City on a bye week, which was welcomed by head coach Patrick Vieira, two key performers recovering from injuries, David Villa and Alex Ring. They returned to team training ahead of uh, the midweek home match with Real Salt Lake, but with a game at Atlanta United on the weekend, might Vieira be more cautious with Villa and Ring? No, not at all, because we're just taking one game uh, at the time, and uh, Salt Lake at home will be really important one for us because we know how important it is to, to do well at home, and uh, this is our only focus, and I will uh, put the best uh, 11 to try to uh, take the three points. And we'll know soon enough about the starting 11, the New York City versus RSL match on Wednesday from Yankee Stadium. can be heard live here on WNYE 91.5 FM. My broadcast partner for the game played for both teams in New York City's expansion 2015 season and for nine years at Real Salt Lake, winning MLS Cup in 2009. He's a New York guy, played at St. John's University, and I want to welcome in Chris Wingert. Chris, what's happening? Hey, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're quite welcome. Now, I, I suppose uh, broadcasting this game could be a little odd for you since you played for both teams. But if you look at the New York City roster, there's only two players left from the year you were there in 15, David Villa and Tommy McDamaris. So I don't know how many high fives there'll be in the locker room. I know you know some of the guys, but <laughs> it's a, a lot of yeah, change. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely know, definitely know a good amount of the guys. And uh, I don't think it'll be awkward at all. I think it'll be rather comfortable, actually, because I know both teams. Uh, so I'm excited about it. Looking forward to Wednesday. 
Well, the last two seasons you played with RSL, I I wanted to ask you about two guys there. But you've got Kyle Beckerman and Nick Raimondo, who are uh, really MLS legends. Uh, First, Beckerman. What can you tell us about Beckerman? I can tell you a lot about Kyle. We've been uh, playing together uh, since we were about 13 years old. Started playing uh, originally on the Region 1 ODP team. Kyle's from Maryland and me being from New York. Um, we started playing together when we were young and became really good friends right away. And then obviously Kyle went straight to the pros out of high school and uh, started his incredibly long, successful career. And I went to St. John's, of course. But throughout that, we were still keeping in touch. I'd come watch him play when they were in town against the, the Metro Stars at the time. And then uh, I even, when we, we started playing together again on the U23 national team, in preparation for the uh, the 2004 Olympics, and uh, so yeah, we we've uh, remained close for for about uh, 20 plus years now, and uh, it's not a surprise that that Kyle's had such an incredible career. He's he's had that that tenacity and that bite and work ethic uh, since we were kids. And then you have. Uh... Nick Romando, who uh, who saved a Giovinco penalty earlier this year, and if I have it right, that's his 24th PK save in MLS. It's almost like you're playing at the back, which you did in front of him for so many years. You can maybe take some more risks back there because you know, well, if something happens, he's going to save it anyway. Well, certainly never trying to <laughs> trying to test Nick's skills if we don't have to. Uh, but yeah, he, he's probably the greatest ever. Major League Soccer goalkeeper, um, certainly in terms of of stats and numbers and playing in front of him for all those years, I can tell you how spectacular he is. I'm pretty sure that wasn't the first PK he saved from Javinko. Uh, We beat them in in the home opener a year ago, and I believe he saved one from Javinko in that game as well. But Nick is is just uh, probably even better, if you can believe it, probably even better than what everybody everybody sees um before i played with him i always thought nick was good but i never realized how good he was until i was around him each and every day you pretty much announced your retirement from the game as a player but but you're back in new york and all of a sudden we see you on the cosmos b roster how did this all happen yeah uh well the coach is going to be carlos mendez he's a real good friend of mine we grew up playing together the setup really was going to work out perfect for me in terms of a commitment. Um, I'm still figuring out what it is that I'm going to do next and kind of keeping my option, options open. And Carlos and I were trying to get the guys together a few times a week to play anyway. And when he asked me if I would be interested in playing with the Cosmos, I said, absolutely. Yeah, I want to go back to 2015 before we wrap this up. Uh, you You come back home as New York City FC is an expansion franchise. I'm, I'm wondering, what, what did it mean to you to, uh, to get back into this area and be part of that uh, very first group and, and do it in front of a, a lot of people who watched you grow up? Oh, it meant so much to me. I was so excited about the opportunity. As soon as I found out that New York was going to get another team uh, and then was told that it was going to be um, City Football Group was going to be the ownership. I was ecstatic about the the possibility of coming back home. And when I found out Jason was going to be the coach, it just seemed like a perfect fit. It was it was honestly one of the 
most exciting years of my career. A little bit disappointed that we didn't do better on the field, but uh, all things considered, being an expansion team and uh, and all that, it was, I, I guess, understandable. But as the, the competitor and, and one of the guys on the field, it's, it's always disappointing if you don't make the playoffs. But even with that, it was still a great year for me. I loved living in New York City. I loved being around all the guys. We had a, a great group of guys. Uh, and the organization was was awesome and always treated me so well, really first class. And I was I was bummed to leave uh, the following year, but still uh, still love coming back and, and being around the guys. Yeah, well, we're going to welcome you to the stadium on Wednesday. Chris Winger will uh, be on the broadcast, which you can hear here on uh, WNYE 91.5 FM. Our airtime, Chris, 645 for the pregame show. I know I've got to let you go. you got to jog out to the training pitch. So have a good session, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Thanks again, Glenn. You're quite welcome. Chris Wingard, everybody, and that'll do it for Soccer City. Catch us each Tuesday at 1 p.m. on WNYE. All episodes, by the way, available on TuneIn and iTunes. I'm Glenn Crooks. Have a great day, everybody.